So going forward, we're going to have a new schedule, and we're going to stick to it as best as we can. Every Monday night, we'll be releasing new episodes of our podcast. So Tuesday morning, in your way to work, you'll have something to listen to. And every Wednesday, we're going to be doing our YouTube series, First Look, where we take a look at the trailer for our upcoming movie of the week. And we'll show our live reactions and along with our discussions, our thoughts. And then you can leave your thoughts to the trailer in the comments. So that is the schedule we are going to try our absolute best to stick to moving forward. Grab your popcorn and your friend's password to the streaming service, letting the worst be heard from so bad it's good to so bad it's just bad. Tragedies on screen. Watching the worst movies you've ever seen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Tragedies On Screen podcast. There are movies that should never be seen by anyone, and it is our job to watch them all. I'm Mike, and with me, as always, is my beautiful honeybee wife, Jessica. Grr, bitch, grr! <laughs> That's great. So... This is episode five of our podcast, and that's halfway to ten. Although, I'm not sure if I want to get too much into math, because last week we did. We did a deep dive. We got into vertices and parabolas. It was bad. It was bad, babe. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it, so. <laughs> My wife is a math PhD, so, yeah. Working on it, working on it. Yeah, so she's going to like that kind of nonsense. But don't worry, there's probably not going to be much debate about this movie, because this week we watched a great movie called Grizzly 2 Revenge. This movie was filmed in 1983 and not released until 2020. It is the sequel to the 1976 film Grizzly. So at the time, in the 70s, Jaws had come out in 1974. So the horror, giant, animal, niche genre that kind of spawned from that actually got pretty big. So we had Jaws, we had Grizzly, we had Anaconda that wanted J-Lo's buns, hun. Uh, and we had Lake Placid, which I think was about a giant alligator living in Lake Placid, New York. Um, and so Grizzly one actually did relatively well, not saying it's a great movie, but it kind of rode the wave of giant animal horror movies. Seven years later, Grizzly two revenge was written and produced, and then it wasn't released for another 40 years. So the production behind Grizzly two had, a lot of things go wrong with it. The first day that everyone showed up on set to shoot, the producer, who was financially backing the movie, just up and decided, I'm out, probably after reading the script. Well, he said that they didn't have enough money to finish. It was something like they didn't have enough money to finish the movie, so he peaced out. Yeah, on the first day that they were there. Uh, the first day that George Clooney, Laura Dern, and Charlie Sheen showed up. Exactly. So maybe there was other film stuff filmed before that. I don't know. The only thing I could see is that he packed up and went to Japan. Um, and L George Clooney, Charlie Sheen, and Laura Dern are all heavily advertised in this movie. And they're only in it for the first, what, five minutes, would you say? If that, to be honest. Yeah, and then they get chomped by a giant bear. Um, so if you want to see them, this isn't the movie to see them in. For various reasons, but, you know, they die pretty quickly. So anyway, the producer pieced out with the money. And finally, they found somebody else stupid, uh, willing enough to invest in the movie. And they were able to get a good chunk of it done. The thing is, they never actually filmed the scenes with the bear. The, be the giant robot bear that they made continued to malfunction because it's a giant robot bear. I in don't... the 80s, too. In the 80s. That was, a... that was a 
big feet, I guess, back then. A giant robot bear. Things I never thought I would utter. And yet, here I am, saying it on a podcast. Anyway, their giant robot bear malfunctioned because it's a giant robot bear. And so they never actually got around to filming the scenes with the bear in it. And then they just never bothered to finish this movie at all. So they had what they had. And somehow, scriptwriter Suzanne Nagy was the one who ended up with the rights to this movie. So looking at it, um, she either acquired the movie by paying the original producer $20, or she was the only one who actually cared enough to want the script after everybody else bailed on it. In 2007, a very rough edit of this movie, whatever was recorded on VHS, was uploaded to YouTube. And it stayed on YouTube until 2018 when Suzanne Nagy, the now owner of the rights to this movie, took it down and decided she was going to fully release this movie. So she bought a whole bunch of stock footage from various places that are mentioned in the credits to the movie she literally thanks all the places she bought the stock footage from and then she basically put everything together with scotch tape and in 2020 released this movie grizzly 2 revenge into a whole bunch of i don't know what are they film festivals that Uh she released them into and Yeah, because of this, the movie is barely cohesive, and that wasn't a pun. They're just a bunch of scenes cobbled together, and babe, when all those scenes are just cobbled together, what would you say the plot turns out to be? All right, so the movie, like Mike was talking about, there's a lot of stock footage in this movie. So it starts with the stock footage of nature, wood scenes, and you're in it for like maybe a minute, two minutes or so. You're getting into the sereneness, seeing the deer, the doe, the bear, the mountains, the geese flying, all of that. And then it abruptly stops as you see two bullets fly through the sky, one piercing a bear cub and the other piercing its mama. The movie then jumps to the only scene with the now famous actors Charlie Sheen, George Clooney, and Laura Dern hiking through the woods to camp and they're waiting for a huge concert that's going to be taking place in this national park. Um, They immediately get attacked by a bear. Um, (laughs) Like... Immediately. (laughs) Giant bear. Giant bear. Um, We learn that the forest rangers are preparing for the big concert and that they know that the cub was killed by a poacher for its gallbladder, which is apparently an aphrodisiac. Hey, babe. So why why is there a concert? (laughs) Why is there a concert? Yeah, why? Why is there a concert? I don't think we ever really know. Yeah, so they're in the middle of a national park and there's a concert happening and everybody keeps talking about how this concert must happen. Yeah, it's true. And we're never told who's playing at this concert, why there's a concert, or what it is. Just why? And big wigs are like invited to this concert to, they talk about oh, you get to finally meet the senator or something and we never <laughs> the senator figure out shows who that up. is. Yes, senators are showing up to this concert. It's a very important concert. So, anyway. <laughs> um, we meet the director of bear management. Now, this might seem like not an actual job, but it actually is a real life job. We looked it up. There isn't one in New Hampshire, unfortunately. No, <laughs> um, but there is one at Wyoming at the um, Yellowstone National Park. So <laughs> Yes, there is. I knew his name or their names because I think it's actually a married couple. And oh. now I forget them because I don't remember the names of 
directors of bear management. All I can think of is a bear with glasses and a suit and tie in like a little office doing paperwork, and he's the director of bear management. Bear managing bear. Yeah, he's managing bears. <laughs> Um, so anyway, um, the director of bear management, her name is Sarah, or no, Sam in the movie, reasons that the mama bear is enraged by the death of her cub. So the very beginning where we saw the two bears shot, the mama bear is the bear, the grizzly bear in the movie. So the director reasons that she's just enraged by the death of her cub mixed with the fact that she's injured and she's just following her instincts to hunt down her cub's killer, killing others in her way. So again, this is the bear manager saying that this bear is just following her instincts, playing the role of... Liam Neeson and Taken, basically. Um, the movie then cycles through through a standard, <laughs> like, I don't know. It goes through a pattern, let's just say. So it cycles through this pattern. So we have a scene with the poachers. We got scenes with the forest rangers. We got scenes with the head honcho of the summit, the one who's like, Maybe she's the director of the national park, or maybe she's, like, an events coordinator. We never really find out. And then, so the movie cycles with those particular scenes, just going back and forth, back and forth, between poachers, forest rangers, head honcho. Then, when the concert actually gets going... This The axe gets added to the cycle. So then we have the cycle of... Poachers, forest rangers, head honcho, concert. Sometimes in a different order, but literally you see those four things over and over and over again. Um, in the midst of one of these cycles, um, an expert in taking down bears is um, asked to help kill the grizzly. And his name's Bouchard. We will definitely talk about him later. I think he's phenomenal. Um, and so then he gets added to the mix trying to um, hunt down the bear. And he's a very interesting character. And then around and around the cycle we go until the movie ends with the bear being killed by live electrical wires, which is the backdrop of the actual concert stage. Is that how it actually got killed? Oh, yeah, yeah, because mm -hmm. it walked into the, the fence. Okay, so I, I <laughs> we're probably going to talk about this later, but I just want to say the way that the bear gets killed. So, first of all, you don't ever really see the bear. You keep getting you cut to what's supposed to be the bear and it just shows like brown fur and then when the bear is chasing people down it's all from the bear's point of view because remember they never got around to actually shooting any scenes with the bear in the original 1983 production and what mike's referring to here like they're they never shot scenes with the full bear like right. they only ever shot scenes where you just saw its head a paw or like Mike was talking about with seeing fur, like you just see a wall of fur. Like you never actually see the full bear. And so that's why it's only like, oh, you see the the head of the bear and then you see what the bear's seeing. You never see like what's actually playing out between the bear and whoever it's going after. So when it died, that was obviously shot in 2020 because you see the scene where it was supposed to be killed in the 1983 film where one of the characters is luring it to the electric wire nick yes nick his name is nick and they play that on loop a few times then suddenly it just cuts to a bear in an electrical wire and then it cuts back to 198 the 1983 production it is a mess but that's why i was a little confused and i was like oh that was how the bear was supposed mm -hmm. to be dead and the director of the summit whatever her face was because she was with her important guests the guests go What's that? Oh, it's all part of the show. Yes, uh, part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> because I, everyone could see the 18-foot bear. Right, the bear was supposed to be 18 feet. 
in uh tangled in the live wires being electrocuted <laughs> yes yeah i i didn't catch that now i understand mm-hmm. you're welcome that's why i go over the plot so <laughs> anyway we already started talking about what went wrong um <laughs> so babe what is the number five so what was the fifth worst thing about the movie well we couldn't just say everything so number five was the actual concert so the concert as jess said they just keep cutting between you know the four different sections of the movie they play a lot of concert scenes and i think it's because they didn't film you know they only had patches of movie that they actually filmed so they used a lot of this concert as filler and so the concert takes up a big chunk of the movie just random scenes of performers and all of the performers are awful nobody knows who any of these you know nobody knows any of these songs nobody knows who these performers are i guess they're real bands because at the end of the movie it lists them and gives them credit for the soundtrack but it's it's bad it's really bad and again this takes up maybe a half an hour grand total if you were to piece it together of this 75 minute movie Yeah, the movie's only an hour and 15 minutes long, which might actually be the best part about this movie because you don't have to sit through it for too long. But, oh God, it's really bad. I I mean, you're just sitting there listening to 80s synth music of pretend rock stars. And if you don't want to kill yourself at the end, then... I don't know. You're a braver person than I am. So, babe, what about the number four thing in this movie? So we already talked about this, the actual bear itself, how you only ever see the head, a paw, or the side of it. So you never actually see the whole bear. So you never really get the greatness of the bear as they're as the actors are describing it. Um, yeah, so it's 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 lacking extremely lacking so in the beginning of the the movie when they're using that stock footage they're showing a regular bear it's supposed to be this 18 foot bear that gets angry and enraged when its cub is killed but it's legitimately just a regular bear that they show at the beginning of the movie using stock footage to say oh look this is the bear this is the one everybody's afraid of yeah it it just looks like a a regular bear that does look like it got shot in the head. So, I mean, oh, yeah, it, it, lived. Lived. it looks it lives. It lives. It lives. <laughs> um apparently bullets can't go through its brain, but you know, you're all right if you use some uh darts, some trank darts. Oh yeah, yeah, cuz <laughs> apparently di- that'll work. The director of bears said to use trank darts. That's right. Mm. On the 18-foot bear. So our number third worst thing was, again, what we've already talked about a little bit is the whole editing of the movie actually putting it together. It definitely feels like there are scenes that are just absolutely missing um, that like there are all these kind of side stories that are happening that never like that seem to come out of nowhere or just aren't resolved. So it just seems like there's a lot of missing pieces Every scene is a jump. Like, there's no nice transition. It's really hard to follow because there's these, like, four main groups um, that I described before. The poachers, the rangers, the head honcho, the concert. Um, And it's just, like, it's very hard to follow any of these side stories. Even the main story of tracking down the bear, it's still difficult to follow what's happening because of all of these jumps um one of the funniest things too is the audio was off a lot of the time especially for nick for some reason mm-hmm. um for nick's character a lot of the time you know you would see his mouth moving on the screen but the audio it was just not moving with the audio at all um that happened with other characters as well but him in particular yeah he was really bad i don't know if it was his beard but there was one time when he was talking to his daughter chrissy and yeah she was a character in the movie who was apparently dating one of the 
the concert performers, but we didn't mention this in the plot section because that plot went absolutely nowhere. And, uh, but yeah, so there was one time when he was talking to his daughter and her mouth was moving, but it was his voice coming out and it was really bad. I, I mean, I don't know how, I, I know there's footage missing and they probably did a bunch of audio retakes, but they couldn't even match it up to his mouth moving. I don't know what they were doing. Honestly, honestly. Um, in addition to that, okay, Mike's just dying over here of laughter. I'm, I'm going to continue. Um, so Mike already brought this up earlier, but there are scenes that get put on repeat. Um, they can repeat right after itself. So like it's on this loop. But then also the stock footage, like everything we see in the beginning, you see it again throughout the movie. And it's not like, oh, a different video of a bear or a different video of geese flying. It's the exact same video. I'm pretty sure of that um so that was really interesting and then this to me is probably the worst part of the editing is you know okay whenever there was more than one character in a scene so whether it was multiple people or if it the bear was there it made it even worse but whenever there was multiple people what normally happened was either it was a far away kind of shot so that way you would see everybody in the scene and then it was kind of hard to see what was going on between individuals um or you there was just like these close-up-ish shots with one person in each frame so no matter how it went it felt so hard to understand what the hell was going on in the scene. Like there would be people talking or a gun would go off and you have no idea who in the scene is talking or whose gun went off. Um, so again, it was just like super hard to follow. And there'd be times where, um, you know, if it's kind of jumping from one close up to a next to a next of different characters, sometimes it'd be on one character and a different character would be talking, but that one wouldn't be on the screen. So it just went with the whole, okay, wicked confused as a viewer of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, the sound effects, kind of like the, you know, the audio of dialogue, it didn't match up to anything. Um, So there was one scene, like Jess was saying, where it was showing the poachers and one, it was zoomed in on one of the poachers' face and then we hear gunshots going off in the background. Then it zooms out and everybody starts laughing and we have no idea where the gunshots came from. We have no idea, you know, who shot the gun and we have no idea why. And uh, speaking of the poachers, the first time they're introduced... It's just a straight cut from the park rangers talking themselves. Just a straight cut to the poachers. No intervening scenes. No introduction to the poachers. It's just the park rangers talking and then suddenly the poachers talking to each other. Now, we have no idea who these people are. We have no idea yet that they're poachers going after the bear or anything. We just hear one of them going on and on about how the bear killed his brother and the other one's saying, okay, we'll get that bear, and then we'll sell it in San Francisco, because then we later learn that bear gallbladder is important in Chinatown or something. I don't know. This plot made no sense. But I'm just saying, the characters were never really introduced, and you don't really figure out that they're the poachers and the bad guys until a little later in the movie, because it just keeps cutting from, you know, poacher to park rangers to director of bears, and then back to the concert in stock footage. It you, you never really get a good grasp of who's saying what, who's doing what, who is where. That's another big one, because 
part of the plot was supposed to be the bear encroaching on the concert where there's a hundred thousand people coming to listen to these bands nobody has ever heard of and you have no idea how far away anybody is from the concert where the bear is in relation to the concert because of all the cutting around and the jumping you have no idea how close the the rangers are to the the poachers how close the poachers are to the concert or the bear and you never actually even see the bear so all the sound effects and all the tension that's supposed to be built is just confusing and infuriating (laughs) and i mean i mean if i were the bear i also would want to attack that concert because that concert looked like it sucked it was really bad it was really bad um the last part about the editing is like mike brought up before is you have the footage from the 80s and the more recent footage that were put together and you can definitely see the difference but it was super apparent especially at the concert scenes because you could tell that they were taking the audience in the 80s and putting it right next to so like one flash of the audience would be those in the 80s and then it would go to the performer and then back to the audience you could tell like that audience was you know when they filmed it in 2018 2019 or what have you because they were doing absolutely different things or the beat was completely different than what the performer was you could just tell that the people were different like it's um like it's one thing for the stock image to be like oh look at this beautiful place that we're in and then you're like okay here's footage from the 80s here's this the poacher that's in this beautiful place whatever that was like yes these are obviously different but the transition i guess was a little bit more subtle whereas for the concert it was just like back to back back to back back to back and you could just tell the difference and obviously the aesthetic the vibe of what people wore and how they did their hair and the fact that people had mustaches is quite different in the 80s than it is in the late 2010s so obviously in the 80s you got the big hair the hippie crap and the mustache and beards and in the late you know 2010s you got t-shirts jeans and straight hair and bangs and also the people bangs yeah the stock (laughs) the stock footage from the 2010s you know the people look like they're into it you know they obviously ripped it from a random concert where people were having fun and then in the eight the scenes that were obviously shot in the 80s the people in the concert just look like they're bored and staring at the stage and so it creates a really weird dynamic like Jess said where in the 80s shot footage the people are just looking staring at the the stage and then it like cuts immediately to the 2018 shot footage where people are jumping around to a beat that's wrong and having fun and suddenly it's nighttime and everything else it's it's a mess and i mean my god i also wouldn't be having fun if i were at that concert because to reiterate the music is really really bad yup babe what's number two Okay, so number two, we touched on a little bit, but the movie is really, really short. Like I said, it's 75 minutes long, an hour and 15 minutes, but everything is filler. There are extended scenes of the concert where you listen to this terrible music over and over again. There are scenes that don't make any sense whatsoever, Like when Nick's daughter, what's her name, Cheryl, Chrissy, Chrissy, is talking to a rock star and talking about how she wants to be with him, even though that was the first scene he was ever introduced in, and she had been in a few other scenes before that. And then there's random stock footage of, you know, national parks. And again, this just goes on and on. There's at least like a one five or ten minutes maybe scene of just stock national park footage played over and over again on loop 
Yeah, I don't mean that they're showing different images and footage of national parks. I mean, they're showing the same three scenes over and over again. And this is taking up a lot of time in a movie that doesn't go on for very long. So the actual movie is probably like a half an hour if you remove all of this filler. And I think that is probably, would probably be better than what we got. A half an hour of nothing. <laughs> So, I mean, it, seriously, somebody try to do this. Take, Make a fan edit. Just remove all of the concert footage, remove all of the stock footage of the national parks, and see how long the movie actually, actually is. And so, babe, what do you think the absolute worst thing about this movie is? So the absolute worst thing about the movie is the total lack of story. Um... Like Mike was saying, you have all of this footage that makes no sense or that's just completely extra filler stuff. Um, and so it felt like the movie didn't really even revolve around the bear and the bear attacks. Um, and it had all these minor stories that never really went anywhere. Um, and it there wasn't even like, okay... We could make a cool movie with bear attacks and having it be scary. There's a lot of movies out there that's like that. Um, and one of the, I think, easiest ways to make a scary movie is having that gore factor. Having that anticipation welling to, oh my god, there's a bear. How do I get away? -da 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 -da. But literally, it was like... The movie would give us some sort of sign the bear was there. Usually it was the gurring. <laughs> yes. It would, go, it would repeat the same sound effect again on loop. Mm -hmm. just, they just kept looping it. And the only people who were afraid were Nelson and Daisy. <laughs> yeah, our dogs that were... Well, Nelson's our dog and we're taking care of my brother's dog, Daisy. But yeah, they were the ones that were like, where's this gurring coming from? Um, and... And they never actually had any bear attacks. All of the bear attacks were insinuated. Like, we know that the people are dead. You can see kind of like the the gory aftermath. But we actually never see any attack. Right, because in 1983, in this movie about the giant bear, they never actually got around to shooting any bear attack scenes. Right, right. And they did not <laughs> attempt to make any bear attack scenes recently <laughs> no, not at all so yeah so that was definitely the worst the worst thing so babe what was your favorite scene of the movie <laughs> okay so bouchard as i believe jess mentioned earlier yes is a character he is an expert bear trapper so when the bear kills one of the park rangers who is supposed to be the best park ranger at catching bears and now you don't actually see the bear kill him you see the bear from the bear's point of view you hear a bunch of gurring then all of a sudden it just shows the park ranger's face and a scream in the background and then it just kind of blurs his face out to say oh yep he's dead now but anyway, after that park ranger dies, the director of bear management and Nick decide that they have to call in Bouchard. Now, Bouchard is a man, a Canadian, a French Canadian, whose mother, wife, and daughter have all been killed by a grizzly bear. <laughs> Not this bear, just a random grizzly bear. Uh, and, you know, he's supposed to be the best bear trapper ever, but his whole family was killed by a grizzly bear. Anyway, he he decides after that he's going to become a Native American. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand that part of it. But he just decides, hey, I'm going to start dressing and acting like a Native American. Well, okay. So Bouchard, the white Native American, is the best bear trapper that there is. And he starts laying bear traps everywhere. He starts talking about how he used to lasso bears from his horse. And I I don't know. He he's just talking about how he used to he killed twenty five bears in one night. 
So the scene that is my favorite involves Bouchard, and he's getting ready to lasso and fight the bear, the bear, which he calls the devil bear. And so he and the bear are fighting, quote unquote, but it's very obvious that they kind of added in whatever the placeholder for the bear was later, or maybe they just put a placeholder in in 1983 and he was fighting that and they just left it in. And so he was shown swinging his lasso and then it does a jump cut to him trying to pull the bear down by the lasso. So I guess he got the bear. I guess there's a scene missing where he actually lassoed the bear. So he and the bear are wrestling each other. And then it just shows him going flying through the air. So I guess the bear threw him. And then he gets impaled on a pole. (laughs) And the way he dies is just ridiculous. Because he goes flying, and then he gets impaled. And then the bear runs past him, and then while he's on the pole, his head is looking and follows the bear like, what's going on? Why is the bear? What's going on with that bear? Like, he was supposed to be dead, and he clearly was following the bear with his face. And the whole time he's fighting this bear, it's clearly just a stand-in for something that they were going to add in later that they never got around to adding in. So the whole thing all around is, is a mess. It's so funny. Honestly, that scene that Mike's talking about, it just reminded me of when you're in a haunted house or you're in a haunted maze or whatever it is. That's what Bouchard kind of looked like, like this undead character who's impaled, like like Mike said, has this like wood plank through his upper chest shoulder area. Um, and it just kind of looked like... you you're in a haunted maze and of course he's gonna kind of follow you to freak you out like his eyes his face or whatever will follow you to freak you out sort of thing but that's that's what it looked like to me and my favorite scene was also one with Bouchard so it was more the trio so you had Bouchard Sam who was the director of bear management and Nick Nick was like this new ranger who i don't remember what he was called but i don't know if any of these people had titles that made any sense that's true he was like kind of like the head ranger he was new in town though um and so anyway um this is when they're getting bouchard and bouchard is really talking it up like how he's the best trapper ever like It'll be fine, no worries, that sort of thing. And Sam is trying to get across that this bear is huge. It's not a normal bear sort of thing. And so she was saying how, you know, we saw claw marks in a tree 18 feet up. And he's like, well, bears can climb, you know. So I'm not surprised you can see something 18 feet high. And then she was like, well, the... the um, the, the back pads, yeah. yeah, the back pads were, uh, 24 inches yeah. to the back and 18 in the four or however yeah, she said it. Right. And, and so Bouchard's then being like, okay, that's kind of big. Okay. And then he asked, well, how wide was the stance? And so then she goes, it was eight feet. Now Bouchard, so then this is the whole zooming into faces and no one is saying anything. So it first zooms into Bouchard's face and he kind of has this look of like, really, you know? And then it goes to Nick's face and he's kind of like, yeah, you know? And then it goes to Sam's face. Her reaction doesn't seem to fit at all because she almost has this like giddy look on her face and this kind of like, I don't know, like passive nod. I don't know how to describe it. Like I wish they cut it from somewhere else in the movie and pasted it here. Honestly, honestly, like, cause like it just, it just didn't seem to fit the the gravity of the situation it was just kind of like you know if someone asked you oh do you like chocolate chip cookies 
oh yeah you know like that sort of kind of nod like of course I would love some cookies and I have a smile on my face because I'm anticipating cookies you know um and so then it goes back to Bouchard after seeing Sam do that and Bouchard just goes that's bad (laughs) You can actually see this scene in the trailer. So if you go to our YouTube page and you know watch our first first look of this movie, you can see that scene without having to sit through this movie and our reaction, our first reaction to it. It's hilarious. Honestly, honestly, even though I saw it in the trailer, when it came up in the actual movie, I was like, here we go. Here we go. And it was still just as fantastic. Um... So, babe, is this, this is obviously a bad movie. Is it so bad it's good, or is it so bad it's just bad? Oh, God, this is so bad it's great. I mean, th- if you're into bad movies like me and Jess obviously are, uh, this has everything that you want to enjoy a bad movie. Uh, incoherent dialogue, incoherent scene formatting, terrible editing, uh, just a mess of a plot, plot lines that go absolutely nowhere, and actors nobody has ever heard of, along with a cheesy B-movie monster. It's It's got everything so it's it's hilariously bad it's a comedy of errors yes i would say it's so bad it goes all the way back around to being hilariously good (laughs) i completely agree i honestly loved this movie i thought it was hilarious and yup it's definitely it's a so bad it's good it's our first it's so bad it's good movie on our podcast very exciting so now you know, uh, uh, many of these topics we hit upon before recording, just so that way we don't ramble on too much. Um, and But we have not discussed our rankings yet. I thought I'd keep that private to myself to see, to see where we are. So um, as a reminder, we have watched four movies so far, and in the order of hey, not so bad to really bad. We have. So number four, so not the worst movie out of the bunch, is Morbius. Mm -hmm. Then we have the Santa Claus movie, or just called Santa Claus, uh, the 1985 movie. Then we have Christian Mingle. And then we have Catwoman, 2004. Catwoman is worse than racism. Honestly, Catwoman was really, really bad. So now, we need to figure out where this movie lies in that list. I know exactly where I want to put it. So let's see what Mike has to say. Well, it has to be the worst one, just because this is barely a movie. (laughs) This is a garbled mess. Like, look, I get it. I get uh, this is the movie I got the most enjoyment out of watching because of how hilariously bad it is. But just from a movie standpoint, like if you were trying to make a good movie, this is the worst out of all of them. So you think it should go after Catwoman? And that's where I struggle because I had a lot more fun watching this than Catwoman. I almost never want to see Catwoman again because of how bad it was. But just that was actually a movie. <laughs> this was... I don't know. I could make this using stock footage in Photoshop. So it so based off of kind of what you're saying, I guess where would you are you definitely thinking it should be the worst, so above Catwoman, or are you thinking you would settle for blank? No, it's the worst. It's a, it's worse than Catwoman. I knew we would be different. I think the polar opposite. This is above Morbius. Oh, I think this is the best movie. I loved it. Loved it. Every single minute of it. From the stock footage to the fucking concert filler. It was just so absolutely ridiculous that I think it's amazing. 
I think it's going to have a cult following at some point, well, or it could. I, I agree with you. I would. This is the only movie on the list that I would actively recommend that somebody go and watch. But if our list has any credibility at all, as well, to that's the thing. I mean, this is the debate that we got on last time with Santa Claus, where it's not an actual bad movie, and so it's a need to be on the list. So since Santa Claus is still on the list, I think it's more of. I guess more of what you enjoy. I guess. I I don't know. I this this garbled mess. This garb. It is a garbled mess, but it's fan. But then you know the room. Yes. That's a bad, horrible movie. Yes. So are you saying something like the room should be low on, or well, I guess high on the list where it's the worst? Um, yes, I would say the room would be the well this might movie might actually be worse than the room because the room oh god i can't believe i'm about to say this but the room has coherent relatively coherent editing and a plot with no missing scenes so like so but but just so i get you, get you straight so you're thinking that the room would be closer to catwoman than morbius Yes. Hmm. 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 We have to figure out what the def. We need to define our list because we are definitely differing. I mean, the room would also go on the so bad it's good list of movies I recommend people watch because of how bad it is. But shouldn't really this list be that? That, like, people, like. Oh, shoot. Now I'm kind of. I, I think we need a separate list of so bad it's good movies, but I think this list should just generally be the worst made or the worst movies hmm. that we've watched. And this, as a movie so far, is the worst movie. And I don't know what can top it, because I think The Room is a better made movie than this. I never thought I'd see the day where I th thought... The Room is better made than anything, and The Room is definitely on our list, though we're saving it for our one-year anniversary. But I I don't, never thought I'd see the day where I thought The Room is a better made movie than anything. It is definitely better made than this. <laughs> all right, all right. So we definitely got to think about the definition of our lists and if we need multiple lists or how we're all going to put it together because I think we got different things different things happening because I am still very much on the side of this is better than Morbius. Like, I think this is the best movie we've seen. So <laughs> we are definitely differing on this. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Let us know your thoughts. Like these are all bad movies. How would you, make your list so we did get one person write in her thoughts and that is kathy b uh she wrote in and said i wanted to watch this movie because it had a lot of big name actors but i couldn't get through the first 10 minutes it made my eyes bleed and the music burst my eardrums warn your listeners that they will want to kill themselves thank you kathy b A.K.A. Mike's mama. <laughs> yes, Kathy is my mommy. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. I still love it. I still love it. Um. Anyway, we will have to think about this ranking, and uh, we'll let you know. And please comment. Let us know how you think the list should go. So, anyway, a little bit more background on the movies. So... We had the three big actors, now big actors, um, George Clooney, Charlie Sheen, and Laura Dern. So I wanted to look up to see how big they were at that time. And they, for all three of them, this was very early in their careers. So we all know who George Clooney is. I mean, Ocean's Eleven, 
the goats one. What's that one called? The men who stare at goats. Men who stare at goats. Like, I mean, he's just in so many things. We all we all know who George Clooney is. Anyway, before this movie, he was an extra in a TV show and was in one movie prior to being in Grizzly 2. Charlie Sheen, we all know him. Uh, Tiger he's a bit blood. Of a bit of a mess. Bit of a mess. Um, two and a half men for a little bit. <laughs> and then left and then came back. <laughs> Anger issues. <laughs> um, he was uncredited in two movies prior to Grizzly, too. Um, interesting to find out that Charlie Sheen actually turned down the role of Daniel Russo. That name might sound familiar. Take a second. Think about when you have heard that name. Daniel Russo. Yes, that Daniel Russo, the one who started in The Karate Kid, uh, he turned down that role to be in Grizzly 2. Charlie Ooh. Sheen continues to make great decisions to this day. Obviously, obviously. Um, and then Laura Dern, so I think I best know her from Jurassic Park. So that's that. Yeah, she was Woman. Dr. Um, I can't remember her name. She was, the, I think, the only adult woman in that movie. She was one of the paleontologists. Mm -hmm. She was great. She was great. Um, she was in three movies, two episodes of two different TV shows, and had two uncredited roles in two movies prior to Grizzly. So she was the one who had um, the most experience, was out there, her face was out there more than the other two. So, for next week, we have our next random movie. It's Flatliners 2017. Is it a remake or a... It's a remake of a 1990 movie. And currently, this movie, Flatliners, has a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes, and Grizzly 2 has an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm telling you! I'm telling you! Grizzly was fucking awesome! Um, <laughs> now this one will have to be the first one we pay for, unfortunately. It's not available on any of the things we have subscriptions to. Or, as one of my other favorite content creators says, watch this any way you can, wink. Wink, wink, wink. Mm -hmm. True that. So, the cheapest is $2.99. Um, get through Amazon or Vudu. Um, they also had it on Redbox, Apple, Google, all of that for $3.99. Um, yeah. And that's about it. Any last comments, Beth? So you can uh, comment on this episode of the podcast. You can comment on our upcoming movie, Flatliners. If you go to our Facebook page, search Tragedies on Screen. You can go to our Discord page. There will be an invite link on our Facebook page. Uh, you can go to our Instagram page. Again, search for Tragedies on Screen. Or you can email us your thoughts at tragediesonscreen at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe to our podcast so that you'll get it in your inbox wherever podcast or your wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and if you don't get your podcast, we'll start doing it. Start doing it. <laughs> and also check back um, either if you're a night owl Wednesday midnight or after midnight so technically early thursday morning or sometime on thursday um we will be posting our next first look our live reaction to a flatliners trailer yes flatliners the 2017 remake starring kevin bacon Kiefer sutherland and elliot page who at the time went by ellen page so grab your popcorn and watch Flatliners along with us. Until then, I'm Mike, and with me, as always, is Jessica, and you have been listening to Tragedies, Tragedies on, on Screen. screen. Nice.